Tech Fighter Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 504 for July 31st, 2016. This week, we've looked at various components in Zara's collection for photographers, website developers, publication managers, and graphic designers. This week, it's Zara Designer Pro 365's turn. That's the program for all of those people. In short circuits, even a much diminished Yahoo was worth nearly $5 billion to Verizon. Don't panic, but Pornhub has been hacked. There's a good reason why, and I'll explain. In spare parts, only on the website, advanced persistent threats are the bane of IT managers, and Peter Arntz of Malwarebytes has an outstanding explanation of what these things are. A group called the Cyber Senate will gather in September in London to address major security issues that face the entire industry today. And we'll look at a report from security expert Brian Krebs, who says the Democratic National Committee, the Republican National Committee, and the Trump for President organization all fail a key test for email security, but Hillary Clinton's site passed. Yeah, you heard that right. Zara offers four versions of its design application, one intended for website design, another for page layouts and publications, a third for photographers, and a fourth that contains all features for all purposes. Although all four applications share numerous base functions, the Designer Pro version includes everything from all of the other three and adds a few of its own. In the past few months, I have reviewed two of the three previously released applications, Zara Photo and Graphic Designer in June and Zara Web Designer Premium in May. Now, Zara Designer Pro X 365 is available. Most of the new and improved features have already been described in those earlier reviews, so this time around we'll take a look at some of the things that are new or available only in Zara Designer Pro X 365. Most of the features in the new application are available in at least one other version of the application. As I said, Zara comes in four versions, Web Designer, Page and Layout Designer, Photo and Graphic Designer, and finally the big one, Designer Pro X365. These are the features I found to be exclusive to Designer Pro X365. There is support for multi-core processors. That support brings faster execution to the program. That's not a new feature, by the way. It's been there since version 4. There is support for 64-bit operating systems. That's really not new either. Designer Pro has had a 64-bit version for a while, and instead of being limited to about 3 gigabytes of RAM as the application would be in a 32-bit version, the program can address vastly larger amounts of memory. Today's 64-bit systems often come with 8 to 16 gigabytes of memory, and systems could support up to 16.8 million terabytes of memory. No existing system comes anywhere near that, though. And a big feature, Advanced Panorama Studio. 
While the Web Designer Premium and Photo and Graphic Designer include Panorama functions, Designer Pro has a more advanced function. Panorama Studio includes the ability to stitch together, theoretically, any number of images to create a web-based 360-degree panorama. It includes better controls for cropping, sharpening, and enhancing the final image, too. Check out the TechBiter Worldwide website, and you'll see a panorama image that I created. The panorama actually consists of 602 small JPEG files, a JavaScript file, and two JSON files. These are all created and organized by the Panorama Studio application, which also generates an HTML file. Adding these components to an existing HTML file, as I do on the TechBiter Worldwide website, requires a little understanding of cascading stylesheet syntax and some knowledge of positioning and sizing. Collecting enough images for a panorama is easy enough. I stopped at a small park, stood in one location, and took 19 images with a point-and-shoot camera. There are a few things to remember when you're making photographs for a panorama. The images should overlap by about 30%. That gives the application enough pixels to work with. Exposure should be set to manual. This minimizes the difference in appearance from frame to frame. In the case you'll see on the TechBiter Worldwide website, the sky is rendered white in some of the images. If the camera had been managing the exposure, those frames would have had a much darker sky, and the rest of the images, the trees, grass, and pavement, wouldn't match the other images. If you don't have a tripod or you can't use one, and I didn't use one for my little test, be careful not to tilt the camera up or down as you turn. Also, using the camera in portrait mode instead of landscape will provide better vertical coverage. That's what I did. And avoid extreme wide-angle lenses when creating images for panorama. If you use a wide-angle lens, the application will have a lot of trouble, and you probably won't be happy with the final result. Back at the computer, I imported all of the images into Advanced Panorama Studio, and the application arranged them automatically. It also asked me to specify the focal length of the lens, but it provided its own guess, and that was accurate, so I didn't change anything. The application did a good job of identifying the horizon and created a preview image. Then I clicked the Render button, stood up to go away, expecting the process would take at least several minutes. The process was finished before I even completed standing up. I noticed instructions in the upper right corner of the screen. They explained how I could export the panorama in a usable form. That process, too, took far less than expected. So check all that out on the TechBiter Worldwide website. You'll see the panorama, you can scroll around, and I think you'll be pretty impressed. This version also has support for JPEG XR import. JPEG XR is also known as HD Photo Format. It's a still image compression standard and file format for continuous tone photographic images based on a technology that Microsoft developed and patented under the name HD Photo and before that Windows Media Photo. It supports both lossy and lossless compression. It is the preferred image format for ECMA 388 OpenXML paper specification documents. No cameras use that format though. There are some pretty nice new features in Page and Layout Designer 11 and Designer Pro X365. These are ones they share. Possibly the most important new feature in these two versions is this one. Keep with next paragraph and keep lines together. 
This is a key formatting function that's important for printed documents to avoid what are called widows and orphans in publications. Typographers and designers argue over which is which. For my purposes, I'm going to define them this way. Some people would reverse the definitions, though. A widow is a short line, usually just one word or the end of a hyphenated word at the end of a paragraph, a column, or a page. An orphan can be part of a hyphenated word or just a single word at the beginning of a column or a page. Both of these are considered to be poor typography, and these functions automatically eliminate both kinds of problems. It's also possible to define a paragraph, a heading for example, so that it will always stick to the following paragraph. This eliminates having a headline at the bottom of a column or page separated from the text that it's supposed to be with. The application can now automatically hyphenate words. This is a feature that has been absent for far too long. A dialog box offers control over how hyphenation is applied. Those who routinely need to type the same long text in a document will welcome the combined autocorrect and text expansion function. Autocorrect can be set to recognize your most common typos. For example, I often type hopsittle when I really want to type hospital, so you can have the program automatically fix it when you do that. The feature can also be used to expand small bits of text. For example, I might set TOSU, if I type that, to be expanded to The Ohio State University. Because the program uses paragraph styles, the user can swap one font for another throughout a document. The easiest way to do this is just to redefine a block of text and then set all matching paragraphs to use the new style. You'll see that in action on the TechBiter Worldwide website. I changed the text in one paragraph of a document, then updated the style, and all paragraphs with the normal text style were converted. This affects only the paragraphs with that particular paragraph style. Page and Layout Designer now gives more control over graphics in a publication. For example, inserting a graphic into column near text resizes the image to be the width of the column. That's what people most often want to do. Unfortunately, I didn't find a way to override that once the image has been placed. That, however, is probably more my shortcoming than Sara's. There's also the option to specify whether an embedded image is placed in line, that is, directly within the text, or whether it should float left or right in the text. This version also works with Dropbox and Google Drive to enable file versioning, so you can go back to an older copy of a file. So the bottom line for Zara Designer Pro X365 is five cats. Websites, photographs, publications, and design all come together in one program. It's rare to find an application as versatile as Zara Designer Pro X365. If you have looked at the individual applications but haven't been able to make up your mind, maybe it's time to take a close look at the application that does it all. You'll find additional details on the Zara website. There's, of course, a link to the Zara website from the TechBiter Worldwide website. In short circuits, Yahoo, although it's a shadow of its former self, is still worth nearly $5 billion. Yahoo was once valued at $125 billion, though. This week, Verizon bought its core Internet assets for a little less than $5 billion. Some analysts said that was too much. 
Yahoo has been hovering near extinction for a decade or more. As an advertising medium, Yahoo has been a failure, but it still attracts a lot of users every day. Nearly one billion people use at least one Yahoo component at least once a month, and that is what Verizon has purchased. The company bought AOL last year for a little less than they paid for Yahoo. Both AOL and Yahoo have numerous properties that, while not profitable from an advertising standpoint, still attract a lot of users. Buying AOL and Yahoo positions Verizon as a content powerhouse with sites that include Engadget, Huffington Post, TechCrunch, Tumblr, and Yahoo Finance, and a lot more. The market leaders for online advertising are Google and Facebook. Combined, they have just about everything. But even a weak third place is still worth a lot of money. CEO Marissa Meyer says that she plans to stay on at least until the deal closes. That'll be early sometime next year. Shareholders have criticized Meyer, I think unfairly, for being unable to do what previous CEOs were also unable to do reverse Yahoo's downward course, so her future is not exactly assured. Don't feel too bad for her, though. Her contract calls for a severance package of nearly $60 million. During Meyer's tenure as CEO, the company did a lot to improve its core business by investing in new apps and services, as well as acquiring 20 other businesses. Verizon says it will maintain Yahoo Email and most of Yahoo's other products and that it will spend money to improve them. The big question now is whether Yahoo's original business, Search, will live on. Pornhub has been attacked, but don't panic. The attackers had actually been invited by Pornhub, and their successful break-in earned them a reward. The online pornography site wants to know about its site's vulnerabilities before bad guys find them. Things have changed. In the old days, porn sites were considered to be dangerous to your computer. Today's legitimate porn sites, if you don't consider that to be an oxymoron, they're more about attracting repeat visitors who will spend money on the site Wait a minute, though. Pornhub is free. I'll come back to that in a moment. First, let's consider the break-in. By its own account, Pornhub is the world's most popular pornography site. Two months ago, the owners invited coders to find a way to break in. The bounty program's objective was to reveal dangerous security flaws before they could be exploited. Now they have paid the first bounty payment. $20,000 to three people who found a way to get remote code execution permissions on Pornhub's servers. What they found is a zero-day vulnerability in PHP, a very popular programming language used by a lot of websites. This flaw would allow intruders to determine the location of the server's post data, which in turn would let them create malicious payloads that could execute code on Pornhub's server. Post data, by the way, is what's used to communicate information between a website form and the PHP application that runs on the server. The bounty winner said that the process they used was complex and cumbersome, but it provided access to the password file in the server's etc. directory. 
PHP has already fixed that flaw, but any unpatched version of PHP 5.3 and above will still be vulnerable. So if you have a website and you use PHP and it's 5.3 or higher, it's worth checking into. So how is Pornhub free? Let's look at some background. Pornhub was headquartered in Montreal and had offices and servers in San Francisco, Houston, New Orleans, and London. It was acquired by a company called Manwin, now known as MindGeek, in 2009. MindGeek owns many other websites that specialize in pornography. The site is available in English, German, French, Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, Polish, Russian, and Japanese. MindGeek's headquarters are now in Hamburg, with offices in London, Dublin, Montreal, Miami, Los Angeles, Nicosia, and Bucharest. From the organization's main page, you'll see that on the TechBiter Worldwide website, you'd never guess what's behind the screen. Visitors to Pornhub may, but are not required to, register for a free account that allows them to post comments, download videos, and upload videos. It's free because the site displays advertisements. As with other sites that include ads, some of them have been accused of installing unwanted applications, but the site generally has tried to remove these. It can also be free because Pornhub launched an online casino earlier this year, and that is expected to provide some income. MindGeek owns several commercial pornography sites and may steer some visitors from the free site to paid sites. The site has been sued for copyright infringement by sites it doesn't own, and the Great Firewall of China started blocking the site in September 2013. Russia blocked the site briefly in 2014. But please, don't block spare parts. It's only on the website. This week, advanced persistent threats are the bane of IT managers, and Peter Arntz of Malwarebytes has an outstanding explanation of what exactly these things are. A group called the Cyber Senate will gather in September in London to address major security issues that face the industry. And we'll look at a report from security expert Brian Krebs, who says the Democratic National Committee, the Republican National Committee, and the Trump for President organization all fail a key test for email security. But Hillary Clinton's site passed. Yep, you heard that right. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.